Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. Welcome back to Woke Doctor Who, everyone. So we got on um, after many months of not recording, and we had no idea what we were going to talk about. And then we just started ranting about J.K. Rowling. So we are going to bring you our gigantic J.K. rant in two parts, um, and we hope you enjoy. Um, oh my god. Oh my god. So the conflammation in the wizarding world at this point. Oh my god. Yeah, we should definitely talk about that. I'm like I... It's Okay, so we've all we've known that JK was a turf for a little bit now. Yeah. But she it seems like the pandemic has affected her mentally. Yeah. Because she is going off at the mouth well the fingers like what the fuck is that like it to me it first of all it's horrible enough to be you know a transphobe that that's that's bad okay oh, cool okay you just loaded straight into audacity but yeah so that's bad but you would think as somebody whose business whose income is dependent on people continuing to engage with your writing most particularly harry potter because all of that other shit she's written nobody really cares about that that much right so it's primarily the potter verse that people care to engage in you would think that she had if she had any sense at all she would just keep this shit to herself right like even if you think it you don't have to say it out loud Because now you are making a significant part of your audience really uncomfortable with continuing to engage with your shit, at least publicly, right? Yeah. Because, of course, people are still going to read the books and whatever the fuck. Like, you already own the shit. But, Mm -hmm. like, Harry Potter and the Sacred Texts, who are like, what the fuck are we going to do after this? Because, you know, they're planning to finish their stuff with the book but that's over in february you know right. the the end of the seventh book and then what like they're just going to shut down their podcast or they're talking about doing a different set of books f- for sacred reading which is okay fine but now you're no longer harry potter in the sacred text right. so what are you now you're just the sacred text maybe right um they're doing that little live thing right now like the live summer camp thing oh and okay one dude refused to be a part of it really like one of the people that they he's already just, yeah he was like i cannot anymore? yeah he was like i cannot in good conscience 
um, continue to engage with these texts. Yeah. Um, and have my name associated with them. Like I cannot. And that's, it's so, I don't know what JK is hoping to to accomplish. Right. I don't know what the purpose of this is. Like, is it just, and it just feels like neck beardery, you know, like I'm right. I'm right. Like it just, the more this happens, it just seems like she's trying to prove she's right, which is, it doesn't matter if you think you're right. Like, like, it's shitting on people and it it's is. marginalizing people and your books taught us that we shouldn't do that. Right. You know, and like so what are you doing? It, 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 it is the, the complete, um, Oh God, like lack of self-reflection, like lack of yeah. self-awareness, right. You know, to think that after you have written all of these books about not marginalizing other people, about being inclusive, about love for people's gifts in different manifestations, about being welcoming of people who come in every kind of body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like all mm-hmm. of the things that people found in those books, for you to think that you are now on the side of the right in this discussion is mind boggling to me after you wrote all of that. And it, it really makes me wonder. So do you remember in that movie Elf um, when uh, what's his name? Tyrion's character was in there. Yes. And he yes. like he was like he's an angry he's elf. elf. And like yes. he like showed himself even though he's a really prolific children's book writer. And they're talking about what's more vulnerable than a peach. You know, things right. like that. That it, he showed himself to be like an asshole. Like yeah. an actual really terrible person. I wonder if, how much of this speaks to intellectual dishonesty on her part. You know, in the writing of this going, well, I know what's going to sell. And so Mm. let me write that, even Mm. though this these kinds of things like not excluding people is not what I believe, you know, like that's interesting. I I wonder, I wonder. And I just, you know, like it's it's gone beyond everyone has a blind spot, right? Like everyone does. But, you know, all you need to do to get past that blind spot is stop and listen and she's done none of that like she's, she's done absolutely she's not nothing. going to listen because she actually thinks that she's smarter mm-hmm. than everybody else who's talking including the actual trans people who are speaking up for themselves so like how in the hell do you think that you are smart enough to tell me about my lived experience like yeah. how dare you how dare you it is the whitest shit in the entire world like it is <laughs> white it really is whitest of behaviors i cannot believe and i'm i'm kind of giggling to myself because i was just thinking to myself we should be recording this because we are. This should be what pe-. and then i looked up and was like <laughs> we are uh, <laughs> i was like this is a substantive conversation <laughs> yes <laughs> And this always happens with us, right? And so, like, when Justin's recording us, he's, like, scrambling to hit the record because he's like, oh, crap, it started. And we didn't even know it started. It just did. Right? Because I I only brought it up because I wanted to say if we, if this um, episode is about us trying to get back to the normalcy of recording, that was what I was going to say. We should talk about all of the shit that's been going down. And that was one of the things. Um, I'm glad we're already recording. Um, But yeah, so it's been, 
it's so weird to be a part of that fandom right now. You yeah. know, it's funny because I think exactly a year ago, um, when when people started realizing that she was a turf, there was yeah. a um, there was a panel, there was a already pre planned Harry Potter panel at San Diego Comic Con, mm. where that essentially I didn't get to see the the panel recording or anything, but essentially it boiled down to listen, like we can still engage with this because we've now claimed this as our own. This is our fandom. And it's very interesting because um, having been like a lifelong star Wars fan as well, one of the things, one of the best things that George Lucas ever did for his, like for that franchise is he actually, I don't know if he created this publishing imprint, but a publishing imprint, with the and the Star Wars IP was created. And so now, or like at that point, there was a rich, or even now, like now I think there's still stuff in there, but there's a rich library of like fan, like it's not mm. fan, re- it's not fan published stuff. It's not, uh, what's the word? Um, fanfic. Fanfic. Why am I thinking? Like, fanfic. Why am I yeah. But it was like, it's an expanded universe, you know, okay. that is allowing other creators to come in and create with that IP. And I yeah. wish, and I have been wishing ever since the first Fantastic Be- Beast movie sucked. Um, yes. And even that one, like, I did like the little creatures. And then the second movie came out and I was like, no, this shit's racist. I yeah, can't it's do horrible. this. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. And so I... um. Like at that point, even when the first movie came out, I was like, she needs to step away and just say, here is a publishing imprint. Everyone, creators of color, especially, yeah, Yeah. especially creators of color here, like, like send your pitches in and write within this world. Because she doesn't need any more money. No, she doesn't. Like, she doesn't need any more money. And she doesn't really need any more attention. Right. So like Harry Potter the books and the movies are like 20 plus years old, like right. whatever, you know? And so at this point she doesn't need anything else. You have written this entire backstory of a universe. Like the, the wizarding world is pretty big as far as, you know, all of the background knowledge and etc. 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 that she's already created. Mm-hmm. She really could stand yep. to just turn that over to other people and allow them to continue to expand what she began in a way that does minimum harm because yes. she doesn't understand how to do minimum harm right. and doesn't even seem interested in doing minimum harm at oh this God, my, point. You're reminding me my glasses are <laughs> up too. And it's and so first of all, yes, the Fantastic Beasts franchise is not like the first one didn't seem bothersome it was just boring as hell yeah it was boring but innocuous right the second one was bothersome actively right so the whole nagini plot like both of us our heads want to explode at the even at the idea right so that was horrible and uh, like the whole uh, Voldemort was already vaguely Nazi-ish and all that kind of shit, but the Grindelwald thing is yeah. even more so, and right. that is very bothersome. And so that whole, the whole movie, and and it was already in you know associated with Johnny Depp and his nonsense, right. and uh, which so, I don't even know where that actually ended. Like I I think I don't I vaguely remember like yeah. 
I can't tell you the plot. Like every Harry Potter movie and book, I can tell you the exact plot and what what happened from beginning to end. I cannot tell you that about it the was Fantastic like a Beast dreams. Like yeah, I it's just like remember any of it. A whole bunch of shit happened. Credence is a Dumbledore. What? Oh God, that that's right. It, I didn't even remember that. Nagini is an Asian woman. The right. fuck? That's like, okay. And I remember one of the things that stuck out to me was like, the, I was like, oh great. Um, what's her name? Kravitz is in it. And oh great, like right. you know, she she's part of a wizarding family and she's black. Right. Cool. And I remember her just being an utterly throwaway character. Yeah, it was not based. She didn't a, feel central to no plot at all. She was she was uh what's a word a MacGuffin because yeah. I guess like what's his name's uh brother married her or whatever yes. i forget so what I was it was like, okay so she's an in-law like who yeah. the hell cares in-law that that the dude used to be in love with i guess right kind of we're, we're led to believe like right. and then she gets she's essentially an object and then dies I think. right Doesn't so what die? was the point of that and then like okay so queenie goes over to the dark side what that's the like, dumbest thing that ever. was a really really dumb that didn't make sense as a development at all. That yeah. would not have made sense for the character as written, not the no. way I understood her to be. No, like so. someone who's a legilimens with like so much empathy. Like I don't, I don't understand how they did her character at all because no. like she should have known from reading his mind that the muggle that she was in love with loved her. Yes, from and the then beginning. she then and then they went to the UK. Where it's legal for right. wizards to marry muggles. So what's the issue? Just, yeah, just stay there and marry this and muggle. And marry him there. Who cares? What, like, And you like, cannot, like, you cannot lead me to believe that she believes the best of Grindelwald. Again, mm-hmm. even, if, even if he was really, really good at occlumency, right? Mm-hmm. And could keep her from reading his mind. There is no way with just common sense. She would look at him and believe that it would make more sense to be on his side. That doesn't make any sense at all. And, like, it's so frustrating because, like, the, one of the biggest criticisms of fanfic is always, oh, this this person is out of character. Right. So she wrote a character, created a character in the first book and wrote her out of character in the second one. Yes. Because the way she functioned in the first book, everything is done subtly. Like, it's more like a, a twist of the knife rather than smashing with hammers. Right. 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 And then suddenly we get to the second book and she's, for whatever reason, smashing things with hammers. I don't understand. And she's turned her into an idiot. Yeah. Didn't seem unintelligent in the first movie. No. Just because she was highly feminine and, you know, kind of soft-voiced and a bombshell does not mean unintelligent. And then in the second movie, she turned her into an idiot. And here's the thing that bugs me. Like, I... It... To even call her, uh, to even call JK a turf bugs me because I think that it's far more than that. I think that she is just full of internalized misogyny. Yeah, she just doesn't like women. No, she doesn't. That's why, like, 95% of her characters and, like, 99% of the important characters are male in anything that she's created. And then a character who is, like, very visibly feminine, she just... Turns she has issues villain. with them. She yeah. has issues with them in particular because think about her treatment of the Vila. Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 by extension, Fleur because Fleur is part Vila, right? Right. So think about what she says 
about, you know, the high femme. Like, yeah. you're dangerous, you're evil, you're trying to lead men to their deaths. Um, and so Fleur is, you know, kind of postured as that kind of person who is slightly dangerous mm-hmm. and um, and contemptuous of Ron because remember when he asks her to the Yule Ball and she doesn't even bother to respond. Right. You know, she's contemptuous of Ron and then the whole time there are all these little nasty barbs from Hermione and Jenny and Mrs. Weasley toward Literally her. Her mother-in-law yep. sitting there talking behind her back to her daughters and yep. future daughter-in-law. Yep. Like that's horrible. Unacceptable. Yeah, she's treated horribly. And yeah. she is her school's champion. Right. So obviously she's not unintelligent. She's not somebody who isn't powerful. Like she's obviously a powerful witch. She's obviously brilliant. She is the champion which by the way in the movies Bobaton looks like it only has girls in the books yeah. there are girls and boys and boys and i always remember because um who was it there uh, like i think the Bobaton boys Bobaton's boys like swooped in yeah and, for, like, and the got pop- pop- yeah. poverty yeah because <laughs> because harry and ron were being jacked yes <laughs> and wouldn't dance with them so the yes. Bobaton boys came over and swooped in and got those girls but yeah. I also remember it because of Tim. Shout out to Tim if you're listening. Hey, Tim. Because every time <laughs> we talk about what house we're in, Tim always answers Bobaton. <laughs> every single time. <laughs> He's like, I'm standing on it. I am a Bobaton. I'm like, oh, God, we need him a hat. We need him like an entire costume with like a beret or something. Yes. But, anyway, but yeah, so obviously... Again, she's a powerful witch and intelligent because out of her entire school, she's the champion who's chosen to represent the school. And yet she does the absolute worst in the Triwizard Tournament. She can't save her little sister, you know, falls out crying and all this kind of stuff, has to be rescued by Harry. You know, her sister has to be rescued. And, you know, in the, the maze, yeah she's the one who's like knocked out first or whatever yeah, like so. it's just so she's the first one that crumb who's been uh what's the right. word um i keep saying thinking hypnotized that's not the word i mean but uh, whatever uh imperious yes imperious yeah. first yeah uh yeah she was he's the first one that he knocks out yeah, so, so he takes he, her out yeah so it's like every every girl who is highly feminine and you know aesthetically pleasing you know beautiful Something is wrong with her. Like, it's right. something wrong with her. And then Dolores Umbridge is highly, highly feminine. Yeah. And she's like the big bad. Yeah. You know, aside from Voldemort, she is probably the worst possible character in the series. And they make a point, like, JK makes a point of talking over and over and over again about how highly feminine presenting she is. Yep. That's you know, down true. to the fact that she's wearing little bows all the time and always wearing pink and there are little kittens and all the stuff up around her office. Like, it's very prissy. So her treatment of beautiful women or really girly women is just awful to begin yeah. with. And that extended to Queenie. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just extended into that. Um, that she would be an idiot because she's so, you know, beautiful to the eye that she would be an idiot. Um you know, it's funny because I've been rereading the books while we're on quarantine mm-hmm. and I'm actually reading Goblet of Fire right now, which is okay. why, you know, all the Triwizard Tournament stuff is right in the forefront of my mind. 
And of course, every time I read through the books, I see more and more of the bullshit. (laughs) You know, like you find more and more parts where you're just like, oh, good Lord. Um, And yeah, it's, it's so, everything about it is so bothersome. Like even, although of course, you know, in Goblet of Fire is where I'm like, and this is where if you never thought Hermione was black, you think she's black now Mm -hmm. because she does the smoothing potion on her hair and all of that to make herself I was like that ain't nothing but a magical relaxer but you know whatever right um but I was like how kind of gross is that right so Hermione is one of the central three throughout the books she is brilliant she's called over and over and over again the brightest witch or the cleverest witch of her age which like okay so like out of all the little witches in your generation you are the smartest of all of them. And yet nobody ever seems to pay her any attention or see her or think anything about her until all of a sudden she's smoothed the bush out of her hair. You know, her bush becomes sleek curls and she puts on a gown. Yep. And now, and as but a even, result, then, even then Ron accuses her of treachery. Like exactly. as soon as you become quote unquote pretty, pretty you yeah. now become dangerous and treacherous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she becomes like open to abuse from yeah. him. Yeah. Like, that was abuse. That was immediately. Abusive. And it was and like, awful. She's been one of your best friends mm-hmm. since your first year at school. And now all of a sudden she's siding with the enemy because she straightened her hair out for the prom. Yeah. Like, and she had a date with Crumb. Okay. Right. Whose ass you were just kissing? Yeah, like a few ago. Yeah, like you can't you can't tell me that that's not just a misogynist take on it. Like we see that all over the time. Like we see it all over the internet when women like share their DMs. Like when men tell them they're beautiful and they're like, "Thank you," and they just open themselves to abuse. Right, right. No, and it's it's gross. Like it sucks remembering all of this as being part of the books because it does make you like I can definitely understand a lot more people sitting there going I can't engage with this anymore now that she's revealed who she is because like being a turf as well like I think it there's a lot of internalized misogyny there too because it's the idea of you know um like like trans women the idea yeah. of trans women saying, like, no, underneath all of this, I'm a woman, you know? Yeah. And I think, is the question there, like, I wonder if the thing that is sticking out in JK's mind is, and I don't necessarily want to delve into her mind that much, because <laughs> right. there, here be dragons, but, like, is is the idea, who would choose to be a woman, you know? Right. And a feminine woman, and a feminine presenting woman. And that bugs me, now that we're mm. seeing... Like, I hadn't really registered, like, how much these things could be connected via her internalized misogyny. What bothers me is the idea of womanhood being up for being stolen. Yeah. You know, like, they're trying to steal, you know, steal womanhood from the rest of us. They're trying to, like, how is that even fucking possible? Even if, in your mind, you had to open up your idea of what womanhood is, how would that make you less of one? And that doesn't make any sense it. to me. That's exactly it. That's absolutely it. The idea of the definition of womanhood being able to be expanded. Yes. Like the idea of why she's uncomfortable with that. 
that makes so much sense because she's now uncomfortable with trans women and yeah. uh, has always been uncomfortable with feminine women. Yeah. So she has a really narrow definition of what women what are acceptable. Is. Yeah, and, and yeah, that exactly. Which is, women are acceptable? That so, is like, so who the, who the hell is? Because I don't see anything in any of the books where, okay, the only person that I guess is even remotely treated well as far as women are concerned is like professor mcgonagall mm-hmm. and like lily lily is dead yeah and Pro- and professor mcgonagall first of all is so she doesn't have a partner by the time you get to the books although you know if you read the backstory on yeah. You know, the stuff she's written for about her beforehand, she had one at some point. But so she's like sexless, mm-hmm. um, childless, mm-hmm. partnerless, mm-hmm. and she exists only as a means of teaching these children and, you know, protecting the children eventually. Yeah. Um, but that's all like that's all she is. She's just a teacher and nothing else, at least within within the books yeah Um, and the book description of her like i always remember the description of her haircut you know and how much it reads like ear yeah it reads like a female ceo or something like that yeah what like the qualities i mean we all know the qualities that women have to um like portray to be able to rise so far up in very male centered businesses like it has to be severe it has to be void of feminine of like true like feminine femininity, you know, yeah. femininity yeah. yeah like overt femininity it has to be devoid of that and yeah. that is how McGonagall reads like and that's yeah. actually how many of the teachers read the yeah. only the only people at the school that do not the only women at the school that do not read somewhat like genderless yeah. is um the oh my god I can't want to call her, call her matron but that's not it uh Madame Pomfrey yeah like she's the only one that could potentially kind of seem a little bit more feminine and she's in a caring profession that's yeah. weird yeah that's really she's a nurse weird. and and, yeah. and again but that's all she is and of course you know the books are written from the perspective of the children and mm-hmm. so of course kids don't really get into the lives of their teachers and school nurses and stuff like that but you know the only like really womanly woman you know quote unquote that you talk about near the school is like madame rosemerta yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and she exists she runs for Ron to have a crush on her. Yeah, like she, mm. she runs a pub. Um, yeah, and then there's like Rita Skeeter, right? Who again is malicious and yeah. evil. You know, yeah. everything um, about her is described as acid. Yes, and, right, yeah. like acid tongue, acid pen, and acid then she wears green. these really ga- yeah, the really yeah. garish colors and stuff. Um, so yeah, the fact that she, because they talk about her nails and her, you know, her lipstick and stuff. So the fact that she cares about those things, she's also the the vile gossip columnist, you know, like there's just, there's nothing complimentary and lovely said about women. And like she, um, consistently shits on lavender. Yeah. Um, uh, poverty, poverty, and and oh my god, what's Professor her name? Professor, yeah, yeah. Like she's constantly Who shitting are all on that. More girly, you know, right. more of what we consider as right. girly. Yes, and even has Hermione do that, you right. know, that that laughs at them and is scornful of them oh, because no. they would care 
they would dare to care about things that uh, are more, you know, less logical, less mm-hmm. um, strict and so yeah. forth, which are all, you know, associated with manly ways yep. of being as yep. opposed to womanly ways of being, you know, reading tea leaves and looking yep. in crystal balls, you yep. know. Madam uh, Professor Trelawney is always wearing these kind of floaty in my head. She looks like Stevie Nicks type garments with all yep. kinds of veils and, yep. you know, and so forth. Yeah. And so she's one teacher, one teacher that reads feminine and as yep. a result, and nobody takes her seriously. Yep, exactly. And it's just sort of like, and it, it frustrates me because especially going back and thinking about um, like Lily is the one who as an adult has moments or not not even as an adult. She in her character descriptions there are moments that seem feminine. Yeah. And then there are moments that do not. And it's mm-hmm. very interesting because the um of the connection between Ginny and Lily. Yes. Right? Because Ginny is supposed to be Lily part two. Yeah, because right? uh, apparently she looks just like her, really. Right. Right. Yeah. And so like the moments that I always think of that actually see make Lily seem more feminine are um what's the word? Uh what's his name? I'm losing all of my my words right now. Professor the one that came in Half Blood Prince. The oh, post- oh, okay. Um um oh god. Not Sprout, not Grubbly Plank. Um ba 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 the one the big dude. Slughorn. 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 Yes. Thank you. Yes. I was like, it's something unctuous sounding. Yes. Slughorn. Um, but yeah, like his description of her magic, right? Yeah. Like her, like the beautiful magic. That something that she made that is feminine, you yeah. know, or sounds feminine. Yeah. Um, which is in sharp contrast to um, the moments where she has gone and challenged, you know, James and Sirius and all of them who are bullying, uh, bullying um, Snape. Snape, right? Yeah. And so it's very funny because Ginny, even in the books, like I, I love all the descriptions of Ginny um, that like the, the constant argument between book readers and movie watchers yeah. about Ginny, like why Ginny? Like she was, she was, she didn't do anything. She was just boring. And um, everyone's, every book reader's defense is like, no, well, she's actually a really powerful witch and she's really yeah. badass. You yeah. know, that's what all the it's book like, readers read the say. books. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, those are the parts of Lily that are the less feminine, you know? And yeah. so you've taken those and you've boiled them down into Ginny, like, as a as a side character. And then put her in movies. And, of course, she doesn't come across, you know? because yeah, she, she doesn't do anything really... but moon after Harry yeah. movies. Yeah. You haven't established her as a character because you've taken the femininity away from her. You know, yeah. and you've taken the character away from her. Yeah. And it's just so weird to me how much, like, again, it keeps coming back to JK's definition of acceptable womanhood. Yeah. You know? that, what is that she put Ginny with, um, with her main protagonist, like, made her deserving of him because she's just like his mom, but with all the femininity removed. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's, weird. It's so weird. It's such it's such a weird thing. The more you reflect on what Joe reveals of herself yeah. in the way she writes these characters. And okay, so I belong to a few groups on, on, on Facebook for, you know, discussion of, of Harry Potter or whatever. And it was interesting because in one of the groups, somebody was talking about 
you know, rereading the things now in light of what JK has revealed about herself as a turf and etc. And rereading those books and others in this world that we live in now. And I think Mm -hmm. they were talking about like Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. and saying um, Lord of the Rings, they now realize it's kind of racist, you know. (laughs) They now realize. They now realize. They never, thought, they never thought that when the bad guys are literally called Easterlings or Haradrim, that hey, this book might be nope. racist. Nope, nope. Nobody never occurred to them before now, right? Yeah. And so, and so they were saying like, oh no, now that I'm reading Harry Potter, you know, I'm I'm worried that I'm gonna find you know things that make me feel uncomfortable about Harry Potter or so forth. And I was like, I don't even know how to enter conversations like this as a black person. Yeah. Because every book that I have read, pretty much, that most people talk about as being central to their childhood or their developmental years, etc. I either don't see myself in them at all Mm -hmm. or the places where I see myself reflected are horrible and racist. Yep. So how lovely for you mm-hmm. that it took until 2020 for you to realize how racist and exclusionary a lot of these books are. Yes, it is not just Harry Potter. It is a, it, all of your shit. Go back and read all of your shit. Yeah. Like, all of it is like that. So for yeah. those of us who are folks of color, particularly, or queer folks, and God forbid if you're both. You know, you're never, very, very rarely are you going to find positive representations of yourself if you're even in it at all. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I said to her, like, I have a podcast. My co-host and I have sat down and actually named each person of color in those books. Yeah. Well, those who have names, because some yeah. people don't even have names. Like, Blaze right. Zabini's mom doesn't even have a name or whatever yeah. the hell. Ms. So like, Zabini. Like, Mrs. Zabini. Like, like, how lovely for you that it's just occurring to you that those of us who are not white, cis, hetero folks might feel a little bit left out. Yeah. You're damn right. Like, you know, I love the wizarding world not because i saw myself in it but because i just went ahead and used my own imagination to imagine myself in it yep because i'm so used to that yeah because i'm sure you are so used to that like we just have to have more imagination than the authors yeah automatically because we have to allow for ourselves like that's the whole point of why woke doctor who exists because we had more imagination than the people who wrote Doctor Who. And right. we just had to imagine ourselves into the fucking universes where right. we did not exist. Right. You know? And so it's the same thing with, like, Harry Potter. You know, folks, when 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 I say to folks, Hermione is black. It's just mm-hmm. canon. It is. It is. You know, I'm not arguing with people about it. Show me in the text where it says she's black. Show me in the text where it says she isn't. Right. Like, that is... It is astonishing to me that people feel if you're black, it must be said definitively because the default is, is white. white. Yep. 
So if yes. nobody says that you're black, then you're automatically white. Show me in the books where it says Hermione is white. Mm-hmm. You cannot find, there is nothing that says, and Hermione, the white girl, with nope. her blue eyes and her porcelain skin, it does not say that. Yeah, and I loved that they were like, well, well, like, because I've seen that argument yeah, she before. Was pale. Like, she was pale. You think people of color can't turn we pale? We go pale. We go pale. Like, yeah. Pale does not literally mean snow white. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, I have been pale before. You know, people say to me, when I get sick, oh, you look pale. Yeah. Or, like, this year, I was saying to Sarai, we're both looking really pale because <laughs> we're going outside. And we haven't been, like, we haven't been doing anything. Right. You know, usually during the summer, we have great tans by now because mm-hmm. we've been out and about. Well, we're not going anywhere, so we're looking pretty pale because we've been sitting in the house. Does that mean I am not still a black person? No. I'm a pale black person. I haven't tanned. Yeah, and all of those arguments break down. Like, when you even look at Hunger Games, I always go back to Hunger Games and Mm Rue. Like, how clearly in the text they say she's black you know she's black you know and people still don't accept that yeah they said well you know she's supposed to be innocent and so what are you saying about black children yeah like what the fuck are you saying there yeah what yeah what the fuck yeah so so you're saying oh oh but black kids aren't innocent so and that's the thing all so all of those arguments break down because you're even trying to take the few people of color that we have you're even trying to take them you know so just Fuck off with all of that. We will see the characters as who we see them. And that's fine. For me, when I read Lord of the Rings, because I'm a fan, like, because at least from a historical perspective, like, they're fictional characters. Like, there's no such things as hobbits. There's, well. Right. Right. Chris calls my mom and me a hobbit. (laughs) I've been called a hobbit before myself. It's okay. Yeah. Like, there's no such things as hobbits. So why do we have to say that hobbits are white? Yeah. So for me, the people, the, the, the class, the, the, the race that I have affinity towards is dwarves. A hundred percent. I always love dwarves. I like when I play D and D, I always play as a dwarf because that's who I found in this limited world to connect to. And and, like, they didn't, they never define if the dwarves, like what their skin color is because they didn't define anyone's skin color except specifically the bad guys. The evil ones. Yeah. See? Black or brown. Yep. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Yep. So, yeah. And so for me, like, you know, this, I've seen this sentiment all over like Twitter of like, you know, we've always had to just find who yeah. we connect to and just make do and shape them the way we want and connect to them the way we want. Yep. You guys have never had to do You've that. Never had to do that. Ever. Because you can always assume yourself a part of everything, you know, because you've been the default. Right. And so you've never had to have the kind of imagination to squeeze yourself into a world that was not built for you. Right. You know, I came to these books as an adult. I was not a child when mm-hmm. I read um, the Harry Potter books. Now I was much a much younger adult than I am now, mm-hmm. but I was already an adult, and so I had lived through my childhood and all that kind of stuff. And I'm reading these books, and it was such a joy for me because I thought to myself as a little kid how much I would have loved Hermione because she was so much like who I was as a little girl. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly the kind of little girl I was—the one who spent any free time in the library 
because all of my best friends were books. You know, Mm -hmm. I was always that kid. I was always the kid who wanted to do additional homework or an additional research project Mm -hmm. or got the A++ because I had done some shit that the teacher had not asked me to do Mm -hmm. or, you know, was called teacher's pet or was the nerd and was the one who was contemptuous of boys and was always like, oh my God, I could have done that better than you did it. Like I was that kid. I was the kid with the poofy hair and the, you know, well, big glasses. She doesn't have big glasses in the book. But, you know, I had the poofy hair and I had big glasses and big teeth. Mm-hmm. I tell, like, look at the pictures of me in, like, sixth and seventh grade. I swear my teeth were as big as my face. <laughs> um, and so, like, I, I, I think of that picture of me in the seventh grade where I thought that it was the most sophisticated hairstyle ever. It was out in the back in a side pony. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> no, ma'am. And I think the curls had probably been sleek when I got them done that morning. Oh, of course. I don't know if there was like humidity in the air or whatever. Yep. But by the time the picture taking it happened, it, it kind of went like. On the side of my head and enormous glasses and really big front teeth. And that's who I imagine as Hermione when she when she comes to school because yeah. that I was 11 and that's what I looked like. And I thought that it was the sweetest thing to have this little girl who reminded me so much of myself. And it did not say anywhere in the text that she was white. And so she was just always black right. in my head because she was me. Yeah. You know? um, well, and you know, it's so funny because um, like... I I have this is a, a weird story, but like for me, um, I've never looked like very typically like typically East Asian. Like mm-hmm. my hair is wavy in texture, my eyes are shaped a little bit different, like yeah. and I have a round face. And yeah. so like um I remember as a kid reading Babysitter's Club, and this is where the description is a problem. Oh, yeah. I don't look shit like Claudia Kishi ever. And like describe her as like the curtain of like silky black hair and the almond shaped eyes and like her amazing fashion sense. And I was like, yeah, I don't look anything like this. The one person. (laughs) The one Asian chick. (laughs) The one Asian chick that was in anything that I read as a kid. I don't look shit like her. And relate to her. Like, oh, oh crap. Yeah, I was like, God damn it. I'm wrong. I came out wrong. And I loved Claudia. I, I loved you. Claudia. <laughs> like, oh, God, I loved those books. And I always thought to myself, oh, she is the baddest. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, even the, like, the descriptions of her, I thought she was so cool. Yeah. I yeah. like. I think I of out of all of them, I actually liked Christy the most. Oh my! She was goodness. kind of a tomboy, and I was a tomboy too. And yeah. that was the whole thing. I was like, even the ones like we're we're stuck with so few. Yes. That yeah. even like even the ones that are like us that are not really like us, we kind of have to like anyways, you know? And that's how I feel about Cho, you know? I'm like, okay, well, she's very racistly named for one thing. And then they do a terrible, she does, JK does a terrible job actually, like, establishing who she is as a character. Yeah, writing her as a character. Yeah, but because there are so few, we kind of get stuck with it, you know? And so Cho is an important character to me, as is Claudia Kishi, even though as a kid, I was like, this doesn't look anything like me. What is this, you know? So, yeah, yeah, like, and it's, it gets to be, 
these things chip away at your soul, like, and yeah, not yeah. to be overly dramatic, but they do, you know, like I've, I've thought like so many times thinking of thinking back to me as a child and how timid I was and how not timid I am now, like how long it took me to get over that, you know, yeah. and it, little things like this, like you're always supposed to be a side character. You're always supposed to be the token. Um, if you exist, you look one way, you know, and that's, that's the the harm that shit like this does, you know? Yeah, and that's and how so, you can tell that it's not written by people who actually understand folks. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what we talk about when we talk about representation. Mm-hmm. And we say that just being present isn't enough. Yep. Like the fact that they can say, well, there are like a, a handful of black characters or... You know, Cho and the Patil twins are Asian, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're there. You know, they'll say that. But they were written by a white woman. Yep. Who obviously knows nothing about black or Asian people. Mm -hmm. And you can tell from the way she wrote them, (laughs) you know. Um, It's it's where she bothered to write it all. It's problematic. Mm -hmm. And her way of addressing it was really just to not really address them at all. Because she doesn't understand them as people. You know, they don't get the fully fleshed out families or backstories or interactions or anything, really. Um, You know, and I don't know if it's better or worse. Like, I guess there's a part of me that's like, good, I'm glad you didn't because you probably would have said something Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Um, Shout out to, oh, God, I'm going to have to look her name up on Twitter. Um, while we're talking, I'm going to do that because she wrote, um, I guess this is fanfic. She was writing about Wagadu mm. and, um, oh my God, what it would be like for Blaze Zabini to go to Wagadu. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up. I'm actually in our tweets right now because I said something to her. Um, is it Ty Gooden? No, 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 not Ty. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. Um, black girls create. So it was Constar, Constar twenty four. Okay. Who she and she's half of. She's one of the. Uh, she's the Doctor Who podcast host, the Tarbis host. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. The host of Tarbis. I am so sorry. I'm going to figure out what your name actually is. <laughs> I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you so I can put it. We can put it in the notes of when we when we release this. But she wrote um, an entire story called a Well, I guess it's more than one story called A Journey Through the Diaspora. But the one I read was about uh, the Wagadu School of Magic. And it was about Blaze going to visit Wagadu. And Celestina Warbeck being the one who shows him around. What? Yeah, it's so so cool. You have to go back and read it. But it was so, it actually made me tear up. And so I had to to tweet her and say (laughs) how beautiful it was. um, And that it was beautiful and that it was poignant for me. And I was saying that because, you know, and I said it in my tweet. That you and I have discussed that about, you know, all of the other schools Mm -hmm. um, and how and 
all of the questions that we had as, you know, the folks of color, you know, about the Asian school and African school, given how many nations come together to be Asia Mm -hmm. and to be Africa, right? Mm -hmm. And all of the peoples and histories and conflicts therein. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, I was thinking about, as we discussed, what does that say about those of us who actually are a part of spiritual traditions with magical components? Mm-hmm. And it says so much about how little she knows about people who are not white, that Wagadu would be the African school for, what is it? 40 some odd countries that are on the continent of Africa. And then what, what that means for those of us who are a part of the diaspora. So those of us who are no longer, who are so removed from the continent and our ancestry. Mm -hmm. So you have blaze going to visit Wagadu in this story, but blaze is a Hogwarts. Right. Right. And so where would I have fit? as a quote-unquote American, but an American of African ancestry, primarily, anyway. Where would I have wound up? You know, where do you want... Would would I wind up at Wagadu because I am mostly African? Or do I wind up at the American school here? And how would you address that? Because America is such... is a country made up of so many different kinds of people, and thus, so many different kinds of people's magics... How would that have fit into Ilvermorny, given yeah. that Ilvermorny is based on Hogwarts? Like, it's yeah. created as, like, the American version of Hogwarts. And so this was poignant for me because I was saying, you know, as somebody who identifies as a black witch, for lack of a better term, mm. it's, just, it's just beautiful to think of one of the black wizards from Hogwarts being welcomed to the African school and shown around. Um, And like her imagination, the way she imagines it is so beautiful. And to have Celestina Warbeck there, which is so, that was so cool that she's a visiting music teacher at Wagadu. That's so cool. Like that kind of thing. I found so, so lovely. But again, that's written not by JK. Right. But by a black person. Mm -hmm who is a fan of that universe and then has more of an imagination and thus can imagine herself and people like her as yep. a part of this universe. Yep. And it goes back to the whole, what we were saying, JK just needs to put down the pen and let us, and let, let us other write people in this, do it in this, right? World. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're going to, she should never even have even bothered with Wagadu, right? No. It should have been a, you know, if we're going to expand the wizarding world and you want to, you want to think about what that would look like in other places around the world, then you allow other people to write about that because then you don't even know what the questions are to answer. So like when you're writing a thing, you're answering questions, right? Right. She doesn't even have the right questions to ask. She doesn't. She shouldn't even have bothered with Ilvermorny. No. She should not have. No. Because there's way too many questions. Like, so we're talking about, like, when we see the movies, we're seeing that the head of Makusa is a black woman. Right. And so 
in the 1920s or whenever that was supposed to be said. Yeah. So when everyone else, when all the black people in the U.S. were completely, completely shoved to the side, completely marginalized, not completely segregated, not even considered human. Right. She is somehow the head of a wizarding organization and we're supposed to believe And it never comes up. Yeah, that there's no issue with um with Ilvermorny and students there. Yeah, like it's never brought up. Nobody so it's like, okay. Unless in America, which she never says, unless in America there are places like Hogsmeade, which are entirely magical towns, mm-hmm. these witches and wizards live in America, live in the States with everybody else, mm-hmm. which means they would have been raised in the racism, yep. same as everybody else. So, yes, you're saying to me that these witches and wizards went to Ilvermorny and nobody had a problem with the black folks who were in there. Right, right. You know, no, that was never an issue to the point where the head of the mad, the like the magic world in the States is a black woman and that's never an issue. Mm-mm. Like, what has happened to the indigenous people mm-hmm. in America? Where do they fit? Do right. they go to Ilvermorny? Like all of these kinds of things. Again, like you said, she shouldn't have even written it because she didn't even think to ans- to ask those questions. Um, and it's the same thing with like Wagadu. Like you would never, you would not have known to yeah. ask the question, what happens to the people in the diaspora? Yeah. What I mean, happens yeah, and we've already mentioned this with the Japanese school as well. I'm not oh, calling it Asian school. Like you want, you want Chinese and South Korea and Korean people to go to, to the same wizarding in Japan when you know that's a place and that's that supposed to be fine. Killed us and raped us. Like we supposed we, to be cool with that's it. Supposed to be fine. Like no. And I can see her being like, well, they're not part of the actual Muggle world, so they wouldn't care. About the things that were happening across those borders. Why not? But that's complete bullshit because it, you know, they don't care about the muggle world most of the time. But then they have shit like the Quidditch World Cup. Right. Where people are flying the Irish flag or rooting for Bulgaria. If you're not a part of the muggle world, why do you have Bulgaria? Why do you have Ireland? And if you're not part of the Muggle world, why did Newt Scamander know anything about World War One? You know what was it? He worked with dragons in World War One. Yeah, is that yeah. so? Like, so he's sitting there, like you know, talking to Jacob who fought, you right. know, in World War One, and said, "Oh yeah, I did too. I mainly worked with dragons." So you are telling me so that you're, you're war, part of human wars, though yeah, you're part of like Muggle wars, over, but somehow like the rape of non king and like all of this like occupation civil that doesn't rape, matter to any of the none Asian of that and wizards. That's bullshit. Come yeah. on. Ugh. Yeah, like, so, she just needs to stop. Just stop. All right. So that brings us to the end of part one. Definitely tune in to the next part where we rant even more. But for now, we don't want to go, but we have to. Bye. <laughs>